In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you to the All Souls Sermon Podcast. Come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. What does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus? St. Mark gives us a robust answer in his vivid account of the calling of the disciples by the Lord Jesus. He shows us that Jesus' preaching takes concrete form in the calling of these two pairs of brothers, Simon and Andrew, James and John. And in this, St. Mark reveals the claims Jesus lays on your life and on mine, and what it might mean to respond to those claims. Jesus begins his ministry in Galilee preaching, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe in the gospel. John the Baptist had preached using the same words, but in a different tense. John had pointed forward to the one coming after him. Jesus announces that what John had gestured toward has arrived in his own person. As the theologians say, Jesus is the kingdom in person. In him, the dominion of God is manifest. In him, the Lord of all, the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and all that is therein, walks by the sea of Galilee. And so when Jesus says, repent and believe the gospel, it is a summons to himself, to his own person, a call to return to him as the source of all things, a summons to see him as the measure of all things, to find the meaning of everything in relation to him, a call to find him to be the center. When Jesus says repent, he not only issues a call to return to the straight path, but also proclaims himself as that path. He calls for a total reconfiguration of life around the confession that he is the way, the truth, and the life, the only way to the Father. And when he says believe, it's an invitation to place our whole trust in him as our only hope in life and in death, to find him to be our refuge and our strength. And so his words, repent and believe, are equivalent to what we call his comfortable words. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will refresh you. All of this becomes clear in his calling of the disciples. Now, as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea. And Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. 
This is what Christ's preaching means for Simon, that is, Peter, and his brother Andrew. In forsaking their nets and following him, they are repenting and believing. We're not told that they are drawn to Christ's teaching, to what he says, or to his way of life. We're told simply that he sees them and calls them, and that they left their work and followed him. It's something about his person that has become magnetic to them. He draws them to himself. You might say that Jesus lures them. He is the fisher of men. And it's the same with James and John. They are mending their nets, setting them in order, preparing for the day's work ahead. And straightway he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the ship with the hired servants and went after him. Everything seems to happen all of a sudden and without warning. And yet, I think that the sons of Zebedee were not the only ones who had been setting things in order. Was not the Lord himself at work preparing them to hear his voice, working in unseen and secret ways, long before he found them mending their net that day? Indeed, couldn't we say that everything in their lives had been preparing them for that moment, that having set his nets in order, the fisher of men now draws them in and lands them, fishing them out of the deep. In one of G.K. Chesterton's wonderful stories about Father Brown, who's a a fictional priest and also uh, sometime detective, Father Brown outsmarts a thief and convinces him to repent. And when the police are skeptical that the thief has actually repented because he's, he's gone off, gone away, Father Brown let him go away without letting him get arrested, Father Brown says to them, Odd, isn't it, that a thief and a vagabond should repent when so many who are rich and secure remain hard and frivolous and without fruit for God or men? And he continues, If you doubt the penitence as a practical fact, there are your knives and forks. He produces the stolen goods. And then he says, he, God, has made me a fisher of men. The others want to know, did you actually catch the man? And Father Brown says, yes, I caught him with an unseen hook and an invisible line. It was long enough to let him wander to the ends of the world and still bring him back with a twitch upon the thread. A monastic writer wonders, why are the men caught? They are caught, he says, to rescue them from the power of the enemy, from the waters of death. Jesus calls these brothers while they are in a little ship on the sea. And to the ancients, the sea was imagined as a place of chaos and of death, fraught with danger, symbolizing the instability 
and uncertainty of this world. And the sea figures in this way in the Holy Scripture. So, for example, the psalmist prays, Send down thine hand from above, deliver me, and take me out of the great waters. And again, save me, O God, for the waters are come in even up unto my neck. Christ finds Peter and Andrew and James and John bobbing on, a, on the waters of the sea in their little fishing boats and calls them. He's doing more than meets the eye. On the deepest level, spiritually speaking, he is drawing them out of the deep and setting them safe and secure on solid ground. He is delivering them from the power of the enemy, establishing them like a house founded upon a rock that does not fall when the rains descend or the floods rise and the winds blow and beat upon it, for it is founded upon a rock. Come after me, Christ commands. This is the shortest expression of what it means to be a disciple, to stay with Jesus, to abide with him, to go after him wherever he leads. And we must not forget that the way that he leads ends up at the cross. Dietrich Bonhoeffer powerfully expressed the cost of discipleship when he said, when Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. The Lord himself says, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospel's, the same shall save it. These four brothers experienced this cost, the cost of going after Jesus from the very outset. They forsook their nets. They left behind their livelihood, their families, their social status. In short, everything that had given them a place and an identity in the world. As St. Luke puts it, they left everything. They forsook all to follow him. And in going after the Lord Jesus, they enter what T.S. Eliot calls a condition of complete simplicity, costing not less than everything. It does cost them everything in the end. Three of the four of these men died as martyrs. The fourth died in lonely exile. And yet, even in that renunciation, even in that forsaking of everything, they learned the truth of their Savior's words. Whosoever shall lose his life for my sake, the same shall find it. Peter and Andrew and James and John left everything to go after Jesus. And yet, even in this renunciation of everything that had previously constituted their lives, they find new life. They find new life, abundant life, in the company of Jesus. 
And so it's not for nothing that Jesus says to them, come after me and I will make you. He will make you new. He remakes you when you come to him. Makes you your own true self. If anyone is in Christ, St. Paul says, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. The new has come. That was true for the disciples when they left everything and followed after Jesus. It's true for you and for me each time we hear his voice and come after him. Christ's call makes all things new. But grace does not destroy nature. Christ says to these fishers, I will make you to become fishers of men. He promises to take these men who were fishers and make them into fishers of men. As Bernard of Clairvaux might put it, the Lord gives them back their selves. He makes them their own proper selves. In giving up their selves to follow Jesus, they find their true selves. They have, by his gifts, been faithful in small things, in the things of fishing. And he'll give them great things to do that are in line with what they had been doing previously. He'll make them fish for people. Because Christ is himself the first and the last fisher, in making them fishers, he is making them like himself. He is transforming them into his image, changing them into his likeness. And indeed, this is how they will end up fishing for people. This is what they will have to offer to the world. This is what you and I, what the whole church has to offer to the world. Lives made new through obedience to Christ Jesus. Lives that shine, that reflect the glory of the Lord upon whom we gaze. Lives through which the fisher of men acts to draw all people, all souls, to himself. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of All Souls Episcopal Church. For service times and more information, go to allsoulsokc.com. God be with you.